Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, from track to track, from back to don't shuffle me back, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. He stomps on the floor just for fun. It's my co-host, Evan. Only memories, fading memories, blending into a dull tableau. Who wants them back? It's my co-host, Saker. (laughs) I do. I miss the things that I can't remember anymore. That doll tableau is taking over my life, friend. We already talked about sort of the the spotless mind concept where you could take away... I think... Yeah, we've we've talked about that in relationship to a few songs where we wish this was the first time we'd heard them before. But then we also talk about how nostalgia is the only thing keeping our love for this band alive. It's just like like millennials have such a strong sense of nostalgia that it it really sort of... It's like a a root feeling for us sort of like the sense of outrage that like baby boomers have over <laughs> over everything <laughs> nostalgia that's true because like, i see like parents who like want to introduce their kids to things at the same speed like when they're six years old i'll let them play the nes then uh-huh. when they are 10 years old i'll let them play the super nintendo <laughs> and then like you gotta you gotta yeah nostalgia is our poison for our generation and i'm always kind of worried because I mean, I'm looking so. Uh, I have a kid. And I'm looking so much forward to enjoying the things that I enjoy with him through his eyes. Yeah. But what if he doesn't like them? Mm. What if he doesn't like me? Are you ready to enjoy a bunch of Fortnite with your little boy? A bunch of first-person shooter games? I hear and... that that uh, that that causes more divorces. Fortnite. I cited in like something like 200 divorce <laughs> proceedings this year, which is amazing to me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I I guess I mean I, I'll try and inter- be interact inter. Uh, involved in his life to the extent that uh, i can be but also man i want him to watch some dumb shit with me (laughs) the dumb shit he is going to be i feel like his his rebellious phase is going to last from the age of consciousness to 18 he's gonna run off and become a a sushi a chef at a teppanyaki restaurant that was my that was my midlife crisis i'd planned for myself really yeah i was just gonna go become a like a a teppanyaki chef because when i was a kid i thought it was the coolest fucking thing flipping those shrimp around yeah that is like where they catch it in their hat yeah, yeah, they yeah. Make, they make food a performance art. <laughs> so you were the intersection between performance <laughs> art, cuisine, <laughs> and making no money. Oh, yeah. Teppanyaki chef. Perfect. Perfect. That's where you want to live. That's why it's a midlife crisis. Like, you know, you just, you're not going to go throw away $50,000 on a, you know, car or something. You're going to throw away $50,000 supporting yourself while you work at a teppanyaki restaurant. <laughs> as long as I'm throwing away $50,000. That's the prerequisite, right? I'm happy. Yes, that's true. Speaking of throwing away fifty, <laughs> throwing away fi- Nope. Speaking of uh, bullshit you can watch on TV, I guess uh, that your son will hate a, you it's for. It's Saker's trademark pivot. <laughs> My trademark, trademark pivot. Awkward, so uncomfortable pivot. good at these segues. Uh, we have an amazing guest on the show today. Matt Besser has a career that spans pretty much everything and you couldn't find a hook to pull him in. I write this whole intro and you say his name before I fucking get to it. <laughs> well, I'm just so excited to have him on. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't, it's not every day you get to be on a dumb podcast with someone who, <laughs> with one of your idols. He hosts the Earwolf Show Improv for Humans. He's appeared on countless shows like Modern Family, Parks and Recreation, Reno 911, and of course, he is one of the founding members of the Upright Citizens Brigade. It's Matt Besser. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hey, are you saying my generation doesn't have nostalgia is that what i understood <laughs> well i believe we Evan- don't have we don't like nostalgia no i was saying that it that everyone likes nostalgia but the millennials seem to have it as sort of our fundamental one of our fundamental <laughs> our cornerstone cor- of our yeah, being, our being. <laughs> like i think i'm pretty sure that that you all and, and are you are you uh ascribing yourself as a, like a baby boomer or are you a, a gen, X, gen Xer? I'm not I'm not trying to out your age. <laughs> baby boomer motherfucker. Holy shit. Baby so that's, boomer. That's a rare Holy Hollywood shit. power play you just pulled. You said, I'm generation I'm, X. That's what I that's what I thought. We were but I called d- the slackers. That's right. Yeah. So what do you have nostalgia for, Matt? Uh, I don't know. I mean, so much stuff. I mean, where where do we start? Uh in what section of my life, you know? In sports, I love the Razorbacks. I have nostalgia for that. All right. Um, like a specific, I, like I, the, uh, the 1991 Razorbacks? Is that like a thing that you feel nostalgic for? You mean 92 or 94 <laughs> when we won? That's exactly That's, what I mean. My apologies. It, uh, well, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of nostalgia in this in the song you guys asked me to watch. Oh yeah, it seems to be what it's all about, right? Yeah. But, oh yeah. Uh, and Absolutely. I, 
uh, you know, I still I still have all my new wave CDs. Oh, I was just yeah. I was just I just bought um, uh, Talking Heads, Speaking in Tongues, and I haven't I have it on record, but I haven't I rarely pull out the vinyl, so I got oh. it on CD. And I know yeah. both those things sound old to your listeners. No, no, that's I, how I listen to my music <laughs> is on CD. I love so I, I love listening that for a while, and I'm like, this brings me back to a very specific time period when this was new. Right, right. Yeah, no. Uh, that's I what love nostalgia me. is. Yeah, I love me some talking heads. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, that's the one with, uh, I'm looking at the track list now, Burning Down the House, Girlfriend is oh, Better. Yeah. That album is yeah. unbelievably good. Probably better than... Yeah, why are we doing a, why aren't we doing a Talking, <laughs> talking Heads podcast? Heads. <laughs> that's a great title for a podcast and Talking Heads. Just, we're done. Like, that's yeah. easy. <laughs> Um, talking heads, talking heads. Yeah, talking heads, talking heads. Fuck. All right, done. Fuck. This podcast is over. Yeah, and I mean, it's How sort much? of a. I'm, I'm sort of getting like a like an echo chamber nostalgia, like meta nostalgia, talking to like <laughs> Matt Besser about nostalgia because Matt <laughs> figures into so much of my like college nostalgia. Like we used to just we used to get together and watch UCB and just crack up. I mean, we still make jokes about that shit. This guy's a legend, so I, I can't even believe. That's good. I yeah, mean, yeah, so I'm just like, I'm just like, young man. I'm just yeah, like, back after World War II. Yeah. Sure right. uh, Matt, let's, let's get to the topic at hand. Of course, the bare naked ladies. What is your history with this band? I mean, did you kind of like, did they hit you at a certain point in your life or do you, do you just know the radio hits? Is it just one week? Like, where are you with these guys? Um, well, you guys should educate me a little bit. I'm not going to, I do not own a single Bare Naked Ladies uh, CD. Excusable, that's fine. A, a few things before I even say anything is, you know, I'm on this show to, you know, promote a podcast and this is, I assume all your listeners love Bare Naked Ladies. So for <laughs> me to come on this show and say anything <laughs> negative about them, it's almost like I'm asking for them not to listen to the thing I'm promoting. Matt, we have had people so, that have hated the Bare Naked Ladies yeah. on this podcast and I promise you that our listenership, I mean, some of them do love the band, but I think some of them listen out of a sense of uh, millennial irony, which yeah. uh, we're talking which is a, generational. Which is the, the second cornerstone <laughs> of our of our makeup. <laughs> right, yeah, irony and this. I'll give that to your generation. Right, but I, irony. L- listen, yeah. my wife, the robot car. That's what the podcast is called, correct? Uh, my dead wife, the robot cars. My dead yeah, wife, the my... robot car, and bare naked ladies have such a deep and profound intersection between the two. I'm just gonna say they do, so that our listeners a will. Bit. I can see some themes the same. Yeah, yeah. That's my history with the band. Um, it's not that I hate them necessarily, but <laughs> I feel like when they were becoming big, which I assume was what? What what point in the 90s would that have been? Yeah, yeah like mid-90s, like 94, Early, early mid-90s, yeah, I think because, yeah. Okay, so that's when I was in Chicago, and at, at that point, I'm not watching videos at all, uh-huh. or music videos, so I'm not really finding music that way. And I'm in the middle of... The music scene, which is, you know, from Liz Fair to Smashing Pumpkins to, you know, Shellac and all that sure, kind of sure. stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge music scene happening just in Chicago. And yep. if you had asked me, I would say, oh, yeah, the Bare Naked Ladies are from Chicago. Because I feel, and I know I know now that that's not true, <laughs> but I, I felt like they were playing there so much back then or at really? least huh or at least they were and now i'm feeling i'm mixing them up with another group that had kind of a comedic <laughs> bent to them that i can't remember the name of that had Would kind it of a be a they might be theme. giants a beach no, theme. I, I'm, okay. I'm a huge fan of they might be giants. okay oh yeah uh yeah i'm sure you know there are a lot of people moxie fruvis corky and the juice beach pigs theme. like they just they get i think all of those early to mid 90s you know tongue-in-cheek alternative bands are sort of oh uh, they, they mix together it's a melange of all of these things in the early 90s um the Bernigan ladies, yeah, they they kind of stepped out of it by by surviving, I guess, <laughs> at least a little bit. But but I could totally uh-huh. see you getting. I listen mixed to up. their sound, and they sound. They, you know, especially maybe the song you guys had me listen to. They they sound like a mixture of blues traveler and maybe Sublime or something. Yeah. I've I've like often like I've a, often compared like, them to blues traveler. Yeah, you put a little a little more comedy into uh blues traveler 
that that party element of sublime maybe <laughs> definitely yeah we've got yeah compared like gin blossoms just all that sort of or, like yeah well gin blossoms are pretty deadly serious yeah, i think well true yeah but i mean like, in terms of the jangly you know sort yeah, of guitar yeah. and, and this song yeah. this, this one is tighter this one's rock well yeah this song is obviously. more rock than they normally go yeah we're yeah. actually more than this album has gone so matt were you and were you, you in say vo- oh sorry if i may you say that i you mentioned they they might be giants, which is one of my favorite bands. And I mm-hmm. was into before Chicago. I was into when I was in college, right? And they are indeed a band that's both great musically and very funny, mm-hmm. which I assume is what a bare naked ladies fan would say about bare naked ladies, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but but in general, I don't think I like. The bands that are trying to be funny. Um, and I can think of a couple examples that I do, but in general, maybe because I was becoming uh-huh. a comedian in the 90s when they were a band that I just wasn't interested in a band who that's, thought they were funny. I that's maybe really... That's the honest truth. Now, that's really interesting, sort of a meta take on that, because like you're a... So if you think of yourself as like a farmer, you grow wheat, comedy wheat, so you don't <laughs> want to go home and eat wheat every day, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I also... Th- I, I mean... Bare Naked Ladies and They Might Be Giants, I think, are divergent stylistically because Bare Naked Ladies felt like they were telling jokes. Uh-huh. Like, get up and, and you have a prepared, like, thing. Whereas They Might Be Giants felt, like, more surreal. Like, mm-hmm. they would have, like, a number you could call. And there would be a 45-second song on the other end about turtles. And, like, it was just... Uh, it was It was... I mean, I don't mean yeah, to say it, it predicated that alternative movement. more coming but... up with their own concepts mm-hmm. versus, like... Uh, uh, I'm not an expert on your band, but it seems like they use a lot of references and stuff like that, uh-huh. which I would never, I don't think I'd hear in a They Might Be Giants song. Yeah, yeah, They Might Be Giants, I feel like, they, they Bare Naked Ladies uses specifics, which is usually good for writing, and of course, Bare Naked Ladies are great, but They Might Be Giants is, you know, their they're generalizing is so big and strange and, and weird that, yeah, they're, they're, they're almost, they're both comedy Hinged, but on two completely different levels. I'd agree with you there, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you say you were kind of hooked into the Chicago music scene. Were you? Did you have any involvement as a musician yourself, or did you just do the comedy thing? Um. Well, growing up, I always wanted to be in a punk band, but had zero musical talent. <laughs> um, and I had a band that I think lasted a, a couple of rehearsals and one performance, but that's about it. Right. Right. But once I got, but I was always a huge fan. I was a, you know, I was a DJ in college. Oh, awesome. I really tried to keep up with the scene and the Chicago scene was really, I really lucked into a a happening scene to move into. Um, That whole Wicker Park, Bucktown scene was just, (laughs) had great music all the time. But, uh... I'm not sure what you're really saying if I fancy myself a musician. Or, but I, did, I did try. I, that's how I met Steve Albini. Was uh, you know his his uh, then girlfriend, now wife, worked at this place called the Funny Firm, and she knew I liked that type of music. And this MC fell out one night that was emceeing his show, and so I went in there and did the show, and that's how I met him. So I was like, oh, cool, I get to. <laughs> open for Steve Albini basically. Right. <laughs> That's I, I mean I can sort of see a lot of parallels between sort of like an up and coming comic who's working the the comic scene and then also sort of like a, a punk band. Like was I bet there's a lot of like that DIY aesthetic that y- y- the comedians and punk rockers share, I think. So that's that's a really cool yeah. sort of crossover. Yeah. yeah, sure. So yeah, so let's let's actually get into this week's song. <gasps> So, if you've never heard this week's song, it's called The Old Apartment, and here's a little clip. Welcome to the old apartment. This is where we used to live. Broken glass, broken hungry, broken hearts and broken bones. This is where we used to live. All right. So, Matt, uh, tell me, did you were you somewhat familiar with this song going into this, or was it totally new to you? Totally new. Totally new. And what was your oh. initial impression of it? I'm curious. Um, I didn't hate it. Uh, 
I, I wouldn't switch it off if it was on the radio. Right. <laughs> it, it being a video and it being, you know, the title's, you know, the old apartment and it, the, the video's pretty on the nose of what the lyrics are and everything. <laughs> it just so happens that I was just back in my hometown of uh, Little Rock, Arkansas a couple of weeks ago. And... I went back to my home. My, my my parents are deceased, and I have zero family in Little Rock now. Mm-hmm. And we sold our family home years ago. But I went I went back to my home, and I my friends we were we're going somewhere else, driving somewhere else. And I'm like, oh, we're two blocks away from my old house. Let's just drive up there. So we just drove up there, and I got out of the car. And I kind of just lurked around. I could, even t- I could even tell that they were inside watching. The f- it was on a Saturday. I could, t- I could see through a reflection that they were watching the football games. Right. And I considered, and, and, and I'd been there before like, uh, like eight to ten years ago. And I, could, I remembered the same art was up in the wall. Uh, there was like this, this really huge bay window you could call it that you could see art just from Mm -hmm. the street and it was the same so i knew this family had basically lived there it had been the same families that we my family had sold to whatever 20 years ago or something right but still i felt creepy about going up there and going on a saturday going ding dong (laughs) just this really quiet peaceful you know, right, and, and I can look pretty scary to someone who doesn't know who the fuck I am. Just yeah. a six foot two, fifty year old dude. Hey, I used to live here. You know, yeah. Can I come in? No, no, you can't come in. What the fuck, man. That's like the... Get the hell out of here. I don't know what I'd feel about that if someone came to my house right now. I used to live here. Can I come in, look around? Absolutely not. I just want what to would touch you, everything. What would you do if they were if they were in, like? creepily welcoming like like they were just like waiting like oh hello come in yes we've been waiting (laughs) oh i don't even know if my dad like tried to screw them over on some last minute (laughs) deal on the house either i have no idea what his perception of so maybe they were like they were like harboring a secret grudge against you and they find they have like a picture of you in the basement they're like this guy this guy is this guy's the child of the man you say basement too because i i feel like that even maybe more than my bedroom. Like in the lyrics of this song, it talks about uh, uh, you you repainted everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I would I would come to ex- obviously any new owners can repaint everything, but the one place that never gets repainted are attics and basements. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, or are certain areas of it, and I and I knew that house. Like I knew every single inch of that house and like would have treasure maps and uh-huh. put weird shit in weird corners so there is a part of me that wants to go can i go creep around in the weirdest <laughs> corner of your house that you've never looked in and see if that key i left is still there uh, that would be a an, pirate map <laughs> that would be an amazing time caps that's a really fun idea yeah i've had people friends who've moved out of houses and like hid things for the future owners like in a corner of the attic like here's a dvd of like the memories that we had in this house but i like yours a lot more where it's just I mean, terrifying to Here's open the wall. There's a DVD of Mystic Pizza. Yeah, right. those are the memories I had in this house. I just watched Mystic Pizza. Uh, it reminds me of the, uh, 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 it's Mark McKinney from Kids in the Hall. Did you, ever, Evan, ever watch the uh, the Chicken Lady skits? Oh, yeah. Where she, there's one where she just goes back. She's like, I used to live here. I used to live here. Can I come in? Can I get, it's just like barrels no, past people. I forgot that. People. That was actually my favorite Oh man! Character, I love that character. I love, yeah. <laughs> chicken Lady was was again more more uh, formative childhood years, which is why I'm such a chicken man today. Um, yeah, this I don't know. Saker's uh, eating chicken right now. I am. I'm constantly. Um, so this song, um, you said you wouldn't turn it off. This is actually one of their their bigger uh, songs, at least from this yeah. album, um, and it very much I think feels like the 90s. It's got those like big 90s mm-hmm. forward guitars and um, they. I think it, they sound good, but um, I think you're right in that it, it kind of does blend in with sort of, you know, everything of the time. It feels very <laughs> of the time now. I don't know if it would have made a splash back then, but, but it, was, it was sort well, of... I have a lot of questions about the song, like... Oh, yeah. So the dude's breaking into his old... That's not cool. Right. It's not, I'm saying it's not even cool to knock on the door of your old house. Like, this dude's breaking in. Does she still live there? 
you know, so there's a lot of different interpretations <laughs> there's of a this, lot of actually. Questions. And also yeah. Broken Bones? What was that? Yeah, yeah I have like that. the second or third lyric. You're like, Broken Bones? Broken glass, broken hungry, broken hearts and broken bones. This is right? I have that line underlined. Like someone called the police. This dude's breaking windows. He used to break bones here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Maybe they were both part of a street gang. <laughs> okay. And they were shaking people down. That is not in the video. <laughs> no street gangs in the, the video. The they're weird thing about the video. a vi- couple yelling at each other in the middle of it, and they look like they're from the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? And then at the end of the video, they look like they're happy, but they're in, like, the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that video really confused me. I wondered if it was about like well, they his were all different parents. couples. Okay, so who who inhabited that apartment? I think so. Because the vid- the the song at least makes it sound like, man, I really I was happy with our time here, but man, it really sucks now. Like this this fucking you know my, my relationship isn't as good as the one I had with you. But the video makes it look like they're it's the same woman that he's they, still in a relationship. According to with. Stephen Page, oh, you got the canon interpretation. The canon, the canon interpretation. Do it, right. Page, it is the same woman. They, that so, makes no... Okay, here's here's what he said. And <laughs> I'm right. uh, and you can death of the author this all you want. In fact, I'd love to because it's a much creepier read this way, okay. the other way. But the the read that Stephen Page said is that they had he, he's broken into this apartment. And when he says you, he's talking about the new owners. He's not talking about the woman. And he lives in a house with the wo- with with his girlfriend. They're, they live in a nice house now. And he just wants to sort of relive, recapture these memories. That's what Stephen Page said. Okay, yeah, I definitely am good at Death of the Author. <laughs> that one makes very little sense. Okay, so he used to... They're good now, but mm-hmm. in the old days when there was broken bones, bones. That's, yeah. that's what he's nostalgic for? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like that girl needs to get oh, out of there. Bullshit. Oh, yeah, this is a weirdly abusive relationship, right? <laughs> yeah, real strange. But I read him I read him as sort of like a... Like a I mean, my horror movie read is like sort of like a when a stranger calls or like a the strangers <laughs> or hush or the purge or something this guy is coming back to like stalk somebody yeah yeah i mean why do you tear the phone out of the wall <laughs> yeah. it's to stop someone from calling the police <laughs> <laughs> why do you turn up the tv to cover to the cover noises the, yeah. you're gonna make Good god call. how is the neighbor downstairs this is there's so some... this this was released in the 90s you said yeah uh, 94 i think yeah mm-hmm. oh man that's early so and then the interview you're talking about when do you think that happened uh it's part of the liner notes on their best of album oh like what? so, so it, that's probably like 2000. late late 90s or probably the 2000s yeah, yeah. i think yeah so this is 15 uh-huh. years later yeah yeah, that sounds like revisionist history. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> does. Like, oh, wait, no, I mean, they were really happy, and he wasn't abusive at all. Even though, yeah, yeah I mean, Brennan Good Ladies kind of have this trend of male abusive narrator, so this does not buck that trend, but uh, I- I'm glad to hear that. Oh, yeah, I have a, uh, we've actually done this on Improv for Humans a few times. We do a sing-along version of the show where oh. right. I'll, I'll play a song and the audience will sing along, the cast will sing along to it, and mm-hmm. then we'll, uh, we'll stop and then the scene will pick up where the lyrics just left yeah. off. So if it's oh. Stairway to Heaven and she finds that the stores are all closed, we start <laughs> the scene with her knocking on the door at the stores being all closed. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So... Uh, but I, in doing that show and looking at classic songs, especially from, especially from the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s, they're so politically incorrect. When you start to get into them, you're like, oh, oh yeah, no, I don't want to do sing. Have everyone sing this song. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. When like, especially towards women, there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this isn't good. Yeah, man. Misogyny was this in is vogue just back creepy. then. Creepy. Yeah, for sure. This is very rapey. These lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I uh, I think that you are you hit the nail on the head, Matt. I mean, we at, at, on one side we can't really take this song out of its time because yeah. it is a product of the 90s right where it was more acceptable to sing these sorts of things and i don't know even if in the 90s it was okay to sing about broken bones in a relationship <laughs> punching a hole in the punching door punching a hole in the door <laughs> i mean this guy has anger issues and i think he's crazy because <laughs> right. he's got sort of this like slushy perspective going on like 
Why did you keep the mousetrap? Why did they pave the lawn? I know we don't live here anymore. She loves me. <laughs> so keep, like, his like pronouns he, like, are doesn't, first person, he, third he can't, person. Like, I think his memory is just going, and he's trying to, like, desperately grasp Jesus. at whatever... You took this in a dark direction. Well, I, I think the house is haunted by her, her <laughs> evil spirit, and he's coming back to, like, torment the... It's, that's the movie I'm pitching, all oh, right? Sure. In the room. Right. Is a, is a, it was a When a Stranger Calls movie, so the woman is in the house, the guy breaks in, starts to do all this crazy-ass shit, and he mistakes her for this, the woman that he <laughs> he murdered here sure, many okay. times ago. So this is the montage ago. you're building with old apartment in the background. Right, right. Okay, sure, I like it. And then, I mean, then it's, it, then it turns into either a siege narrative or... or <laughs> For the Eli Roth audience, maybe straight torture porn. Who cares? Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be really interested in either of them. But anyway, so but the the twist is that the woman he killed's ghost is still there and acts revenge on him in the end. Okay, cool. I like that. I like that reading. <laughs> yeah, bizarre. Okay. But uh, yeah, there's 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 a lot of uh, uh, you know um, I, I do like some I, I like a lot of this song. I mean, we, we I think we've been dissing it quite uh-huh. a bit with the the slushy perspective and the mm-hmm. weird abusiveness. But but there's a lot I think musically and lyrically oh, yeah. uh, i mean the song is poetic it's got a great pivot line in uh, broken glass broken hungry i like that because you're expecting him to continue the series and he kind of gives you the swerve there a little bit mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i don't know he, he just, goes bonkers on that last chorus oh yeah he gets his voice gets real raw which yeah i really liked Because it showed me just how insane he was. <laughs> right. Like the character he was playing, I should say, not Stephen Page. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, hey, who the fuck puts plaster on a door? Like that hole I punched in the door, <laughs> you put plaster on? What? Why did you plaster over the hole I punched in the door? This is, this is uh, maybe he is crazy at this point. He thinks walls are doors. He, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about now. Well, because he says, um, uh, why did you plaster over the hole I punched in the door? Like, you don't plaster doors, right? I'm a first-time homeowner, but I'm fairly sure that you would just replace. Do you put plaster on a door? Uh, it depends on the door. Really? Oh, okay. Maybe I'm just fucked up here. <laughs> I would assume that plaster is for, like, drywall. I don't well, know. this is a really shitty-ass apartment, so okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my suspect is they're not going to replace the landlord. This land, The eponymous <laughs> landlord he mentions being a crappy landlord isn't going to replace a door. Sure, Probably yeah. just going to plaster over that shit. Well, the best place to put a new door is where someone's punched a hole in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah, yeah. For sure. He started it. Yeah. Uh, we've got some, uh, some great specifics in this song, too. I love, you know, 42 stairs from the street broken through the old apartment 42 stairs from the street like i'm trying to imagine the specific scenario in which he knows that and like I-, I wonder if it's just like it was always like a trudge for him to get up here like there was something he dreaded back at the apartment and so he was mm-hmm. like one stair two stairs three stairs like every day when he got home or i don't know there's a lot of cool yeah i got i got to say that line uh, resonated with me too and grabbed me i was like oh that's i like that yeah yeah definitely well i think that i think that that sort of speaks to the weight that we give places where we've put a lot of ourselves i mean like i could describe for you like step for step the house that i grew up in and matt matt has already done that for us basically like he's he's sort of (laughs) he's sort of yeah you've got you've got i I was gonna say when i when i was there i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna ring the doorbell and but i was tempted because we had a, a pretty big backyard growing up and I could peek into it from the street I was tempted and I knew I could pull it off if I <laughs> wanted to to sneak into the backyard and it it crossed my mischievous mind for a second of, I'm, not, I'm just gonna run into the backyard but that would have been extra scary <laughs> to see some dude running around your backyard so if you had uh, especially these days <laughs> yeah for real if you had done that and been caught would you have tried to play it off like oh I'm a famous comedian I'm just doing I'm just doing a bit this is famous real. comedian <laughs> If I'm a famous comedian, I don't have to explain I'm a famous <laughs> comedian. True. Well, maybe to somebody in Arkansas, like the the back uh-huh. the back I don't know, <laughs> Little Rock. Oh, little, wow, this hard dig on Arkansas. What are you talking about? Little Wait, I'm you just, said Little Rock, right, said, Matt? Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Me and the guest teaming up against Evan as it should. Yeah, be. as usual, as usual. It's fine. It's what, fine. Out of curiosity, Matt, what 
the fuck were your friends doing as you were like <laughs> scoping out the front of the house? Like, were they like, let's go, dude? Or I think they got it. Okay. I wasn't. It wasn't like I was bouncing around. Right, I wasn't right. Wasn't acting like a cokehead. <laughs> uh, you know, I wasn't breaking any laws. I was still on the sidewalk. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's that's yeah. I, yeah. I think I think this is pretty. You know. Honestly, this is like a universal experience is is going back to somewhere and mm-hmm. and wanting to relive those days, right? Like, I don't know. But I think this guy Well, is- there's two two songs going in here on here. Like, and this is the type of song that if you don't pay attention to the lyrics, like if you're not a super fan, you just only hear you you might just th- sing along to it and think about it's just about going back to the an old apartment right. and relate to it. And then you listen close and you're like, wait a minute, broken bones. And you're like, <laughs> ooh, this is about some stalkery guy who can't let it go that some woman didn't love him anymore and he's breaking in trying to get that mm-hmm. memory back. That seemed more of what the whole thing was about to me. Yeah. And, yeah. He's, and, he's- uh, and uh, you don't want to sing along to it. It might be, it still can be a good song. <laughs> like I've had that experience on... Uh, my show in Proper Humans, we we have musical guests like mm-hmm. once a month who sure. play. You just like had the milk songs, cart- and we milk do some kids, scenes. Right? Yeah, we just had them on. Yeah, uh, they were we great. Had Pedro the Lion on a couple of months ago, and they were he was doing playing one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. that I sing along to and I love. But then when he started explaining it, I was like, oh man, that's dark. <laughs> I never thought it was about that. Holy shit. Yeah, it's it is hard to and get And now that you know what it's really about, you're not gonna be you know, screaming along to the song in your car anymore <laughs> if you know truly what the lyrics and that's, feel bad I, about it. I think we grapple with that a lot on this show too, is that like these are a lot of these songs are fun good time songs and they have a lot of the the lyrical dissonance mm-hmm. between the music and the lyrics where you're singing along to this fun song and then it's like, oh shit. This is like dark, but yeah. you know, we talk about death of the author a lot too, which is like, you know, whatever it is to you, it is to you. Like I would almost not want to hear the canon explanation of a lot of these because I'm sure it would, it would hurt. I mean, it would, yeah. it would I think a lot of these dig deep. So, so I think my, my biggest question is this guy, is this guy a stalker or just an asshole? Like, who? like, no, that's good. Is well, he, is he a serial killer? Is this guy a murderer? Or is he just, or is he just kind of a, well, you can't break into an apartment and, <laughs> I've done definitely it, a felon. <laughs> I've done it at a very drunken. We were invited to this party, and by the mm-hmm. time we got to the party, the the party had moved elsewhere, and we were like, "Oh fuck it, man, we're gonna go into this house <laughs> and party anyway." Holy and we shit! Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely where we didn't know at all the people that was crazy holy fuck did you guys were you were you caught did anybody give it did anybody care or no we partied there because we knew they'd gone to this other party so we basically partied in these people's house while they were gone it's great (laughs) not cool yeah (laughs) i can recognize that that was not cool (laughs) and i've 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 also been the drunken uh you know boyfriend uh you know screaming in the rain Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever crossed the line of breaking into a lover's apartment. Yeah, yeah. That's not. We've all done the say anything. Cross the line. We've all done the say anything. Yeah, the out in the rain with the you know yelling it with a boombox. Adrian. (laughs) Yeah, we've all done the Adrian. Adrian. Yeah. But. Yeah, I think that I think that he he not only breaks in the apartment, but he crosses a bunch of lines, like even like narrative lines that make me kind of suspect that Stephen Page is like Matt said, like doing a little bit of revisionist history because he says like, okay, so he breaks, he breaks the lock. But then he's like, "Why did I have to break it? Why did you make me break it?" Basically, is what he's saying. Like, <laughs> oh, I only, I only wanted to talk to you. That's I only wanted boyfriend, to talk to you. Like, why did you make me do that? Like, that's what they say, right? Like, why so, did you make me hit you? You didn't have to say that. Like, yeah, that's well. That's why this can't be about the new owners. Like, why would you question that? Of course, they're going to change the lock. So it has to be about his 
his ex still lives there. Come on, that's what it's about. Yeah, for sure. Why did they change the lock? Because you're a creepy fucking stalker, dude. <laughs> because this is the third time I'm you've come around here. To... Yeah, that's why we changed the fucking lock. Uh, yeah, uh, I think there was a lot of like, uh, sort of, you say like meta narrative stuff that that kind of came into play for me, like the the uh, the spaciness when it kind of like, well, I know, we, like as I thought that might have like reflected his mental state, like mm-hmm. kind of spacey, kind of like not all there. Why did they pave the lawn? Why did they change the law? You know, when he says, like, why, all the the why parts, we've Mm -hmm. got these doubling vocals where it's like one sounds very emotional and one sounds very plaintive. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. I just think they're doing a lot of things uh, musically with his, with Steve's voice Mm -hmm. that that create, um, I guess, this sort of, I don't know. It sounds pretentious to say soundscape, but some sort of some sort of picture in our heads. sound profile. Sound profile on this song. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought that was good. I love the silence after. I guess they still are. I want him back. Mm-hmm. Where it's like he's putting his fucking foot down. Why did you keep this track? These things used to be mine. I guess they still are. I want him back. Yeah, and I, it's, it's, it was sort of a twist ending for me. I mean, if he still lives with the woman, then that's that adds a whole new level of sadness to the song because so you have somebody who you're cap- reca- trying to recapture memories of lost love with. Right. And you're like, okay, I want to recapture this time when we were arguing all the time, when I guess I hit you hard enough to break bones. <laughs> right. When we were always yelling, when we were storming out and stuff well, like shit like that. Or she, you hit me hard enough to break it bones. It could just be that he fell outside, he broke yeah, a bone, yeah. and she took care of him. That it could, could be, be it, sweet. too. It Come could on. be that, too. Okay, but, but anyway, they moved to this new house, this nice house in Danforth, I assume. Right. And the only thing that he can say about her, this woman that he really loves, is her body <laughs> keeps, body me, keeps warm, me warm. Yikes. Which is like, oh, but, yeah. oh, man. And I'm happy here. Like, yeah. eh, I'm happy here. Her, she loves me. I don't love her, but she loves me. <laughs> and her body keeps me warm. Man. We bought an old house on the damn She loves me and her body keeps me warm. That is the least romantic thing that anyone could ever say about a lover. She's 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 a warm body. She's not dead. That's what I love about my new girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, creepy. She's got all the parts. <laughs> Ooh, yikes. Yeah, that's yeah, some real 90s misogyny we're getting into, like what Matt said earlier. Uh, yeah, for sure. But the video, the video, I think, added... I mean, the video was pretty on point. Like, it was just what it was, right? Yeah. I was getting that, like, although there is, like, that creepy monster vision where there's, like, stalking up the stairs and it's, like like going from Dutch angle to Dutch angle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't quite understand the black and white aesthetic. Uh, I didn't, like this video. It was the 90s, man. Everyone was doing black <laughs> and fucking white. Is that true? Oh, yeah. I don't think I watched much MTV in the 90s. I did. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Matt, did you watch much MTV in the 90s? I think he already said no, right at the beginning. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I didn't watch much TV, period. Uh, in the 90s, yeah. except for maybe X-Files and Star oh. Trek next. Oh, oh, TNG. I love it. There you go. You and Ev can bond over that there. <laughs> um, there are like a million versions of this song. There's like the version we've heard, but then the video and the album, the video has like eight bars of intro that the album doesn't mm-hmm. have, which is weird. There's the rock spectacle, the live one, which has a theremin in it, which I thought was fucking great. paint the wall. Uh, there's a demo that's on Stop Me If You've Heard This One, which is super boring and shitty. It, it doesn't, like, diverge. There's no alternate verse. It's just the same riff over and over. Why did you plaster over the hole I made in the door where we used to live? Uh, there's a version that BNL did with the Persuasions, which mm-hmm. are like an old sort of doo-woppy acapella group that is fucking great. Uh, mm. I'm gonna put a clip of that in here. And why did they pay the lawn? And why did they change the laws? Um, that there's like a, a cool piano in the background that gives it a more muted feel, but yeah, I, I, obviously they love this song. They love it enough that they keep on 
redoing it. <laughs> and uh-huh. I don't know. Well, it's one of their, I wouldn't say, I mean, it's a hit. It's yeah. definitely one of their hits. Like right. it's not a, it doesn't get up to like the one week pinch me level, but sure. like if, if, as far as radio play goes, but I mean, I honestly think I like this song better than those two. Well, should we get into that then? All right, let's rate this song. So, uh, Matt, uh, just to let you know, we rate these songs. Let me start that again. (laughs) We rate these songs on a scale from bare naked to fully clothed. The more naked the song is, the better it is. The more clothes it has Mm. on, the worse. So we will give you some time to think. We're going to go ahead and start with Evan. Evan, what was your rating for this song? This rating, I mean, this this song to me is... It so exemplifies sort of the 90s aesthetic Uh that I see it like, hmm. So here's what I see. I see it walking down the street. It's wearing (laughs) like uh, ripped jeans. It's wearing a flannel. It's wearing... I feel like this was your alternative girlfriend one so far. Good, good. Wait. <laughs> They're the same. I mean, it's very, very Wait, okay. similar. I know. It's, Vonnie's the 90s aesthetic, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. so ripped rip jeans. It's wearing flannels. <laughs> it's wearing like a, a white shirt with Kurt Cobain's face on it. Okay, good. And like it, you're following it down the street because you're, you know, you just, you know, sometimes you follow people, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> you, know, you just like see someone walking on the street and you just, you're just like, oh, that person looks really interesting. I just need to follow them for a long time. Sure. So you're like, you know, you're 30 feet behind, but Jesus you like, Christ. you kind of edge up to 20 feet, maybe 10. And then you're like, wait a second. Wait a fucking second. And then as it turns to go down the street, uh-huh. you see, I know you, you're my old girlfriend. <laughs> okay. And then you remember it naked. Oh, I see. So it's fully clothed, but naked in your memory. memory. Yes. All right. So it's both it, like... It, there's some there's some the instrumentation's fine right uh-huh. it's a it's a it's a solid alternative rock song sure uh but there, and there are some things that i didn't like about it like the the creepiness of the lyrics yeah. like the broken bones and stuff like that but uh, honestly this, this is a naked song for me okay. like i i can clearly see this in my mind's eye <laughs> as naked as naked okay. all its bits hanging out uh this song for me i think is picture it ev you I'm are sleeping it. in bed. It's 3 a.m. My big bed. You hear a rapping on the window, and you try to convince yourself, oh, it's just a branch from the tree outside. And then you remember, there's no tree right outside my window. But there is. There Shut is. the fuck up, Evan. Shut there the is, fuck up. But. Evan. Okay, good. Yes, but. Great. <laughs> I did put up a ghost outside. <laughs> oh, perfect. So uh, so you you, you kind of go, and you, you put your hands to your eyes, and you try to see if there's something going on uh-huh. outside, and then suddenly pressed up against the window <gasps> is a man's face. You don't recognize the man. He used to live there, though, <laughs> and he's just wearing a hard hat and very tight underwear. It's like a weird <laughs> melange of clothes. Oh, jeez. But he's fucking there to... to He's there to come get you, my friend. My house was actually owned by a crazy woman. Oh, that's right. You've so told me this story. So could it be a crazy woman it in, be a, crazy in woman a hard hat and tight <laughs> wearing, fitting Yeah. Overalls. She's not wearing any bra or shirt, but she's got some uh, short shorts and a hard hat. I still like that. And she's pressed up against your window and she's looking for revenge. She actually did come by our house and look in our windows and stuff while we were there. Fucking terrifying. Yeah. I mean, she's just a little old woman, though, so I don't think she was going to, like, murder me or anything. That's but... what they want you to think. Yeah. That's the presumption. Yeah. All right. So this song is mostly naked for me, too. Yeah. I like the song uh, quite a bit. Uh, Matt, what do you think? What's your rating for this song? I'm going to say totally naked. Whoa. Holy shit. This might be our That's first totally naked, naked on the cast. That's amazing. Well, look here. I mean... <laughs> I'm going to respect the house that I'm in right now. I'm in the house of bare naked ladies lovers. And I'm here to pitch my dead wife the robot car. And I don't want people to hate me and say, Hey, we'll get to the hey, plugs. Hey, man, what's that guy coming on and dissing our music for? And as far as bare naked ladies songs that I've heard casually in passing... I would not turn the channel. That's saying something. <laughs> I love that your baseline bar to vault is would I turn this off? So, <laughs> if so, not five stars. <laughs> so, to you, this is this song sort of like a key party. So you come to the key party wearing all your clothes. There's you're... no reason to keep a song on that you don't like. Sure. Oh That's yeah, right. no, no, no. I get you. Life I'm with you. We live in. I got satellite radio. I got my sweet CDs. <laughs> True. Yeah. Your records. So your if records. I'm allowing, if I'm listening to a full song, there must be some level that I like it at. Damn. Okay. Now, am I going to buy the album because of this song? You know, that's a whole other level of liking something. That's an investment, right? I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Matt Besser, the song is fully naked. Fully naked. This fully is the naked. Krispy Kreme of songs for Matt Besser. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt Besser, thank you very much. What can you? What do you want to plug? What do you want to talk about? What do you want people to know about? Obviously, my dead wife, the robot car, on Stitcher Premium right now. Right. Right. Stitcher Premium. If you don't have that, 
Uh, if you're not subscribed to that, if you use the offer code ROBOT, you can get that and all other Stitcher premium shows oh, for awesome. a month, I believe. Sure. Or you can and use the code And there's my free show, Improv for Humans. So yep. you can listen to Improv for Humans. We do some of those music episodes I was talking about. For sure. Yeah, Improv well, for I'm Humans a, is a delight I'm and a, a joy. I'm huge, a huge fan of Improv for Humans. It's a great show. <laughs> and uh, I'm a Thank big you. fan of I've been trying to think of what the band is that I confused them with in Chicago. And now I'm wondering... Pinata if Land? Because in my mind it was Dick Dale and the Deltones, but I know he's from like the 50s. But now I'm thinking, <laughs> was he still alive oh. and still doing it? <laughs> I love that visit you're Chicago, visiting your apartment. Maybe Get your he memories was. back. You're confusing them with like, is this uh, that? Uh, Dude, I'm on Wikipedia <laughs> right now. He was releasing song. Uh, he released three albums in the '90s. Oh, cool. Okay, I, maybe that was it then. Maybe you I were do have the a Deltones. Quick question for you, Matt. Um, since you're remembering all these different musical acts and conflating like '50s acts with '90s acts, are are you a vampire? <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> okay. Wink, wink. I think I... We got you. We got you. I've been alive forever? Is that what all... Well, yeah, he... Uh, I mean, he... Baby boomers already... <laughs> <laughs> well, Evan, answer the goddamn question. No, no. But uh, I, I don't know. I just... Uh, I mean, you look about the same as you did when I first saw you on TV, so... Oh, there's the compliment. <laughs> there, yeah, you, so, you spun that well. Good job, friend. So, and I mean, your your ageless portrayal of the Maze Master is... <laughs> Evan's been waiting to say the oh, words Maze Master cut. this whole Oh episode. my God, Maze Master is something that I watch probably <laughs> every three months. <laughs> well, it's Matt a Messer, thank you so much for being on the cast. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure for me. Keep being naked. <laughs> yeah, see you later. <laughs> see you, man. Hey, Evan. Yeah, but how you been? Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Since moments ago. <laughs> Listen, every it's a week since last time I talked to you. Well, I took off all my skin, uh-huh. and I took off all my organs. I took off all my muscles, and, and bones. I took off work to do it. <laughs> uh, I got whole new bones. You did. Yeah, you gotta get those new bones. Yeah, did you get adamantium? No. Are you too afraid of Magneto? I love that Wolverine every time is like, guys, I got this. And Magneto's like, what the fuck, dude? Every single fucking time, you dumb shit. Wolverine is is like an idiot. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, the only person worse against Magneto is Colossus, I think. <laughs> yeah. Literally. But he can just like turn back to not metal when and he, then walk away. When he goes fully metal, do you think his organs go metal? Yeah. His brain? Yeah, he'd be metal because all the way bound. Because brains are just like electric impulses through meat. Through metal now. Then I don't know if that would work because it doesn't need to be. Oh, like a mutant power doesn't seem like it's physically possible to you, Saker? That every seems real mutant, strange. No, every other one makes sense. So how does like, so Storm. Yeah. When she summoned them storms. Yeah. How does she do that? Weather exists. So does metal. Yeah, but nobody's ever been able to have a metal brain. But the government does control our weather. So Storm is just part of the government. No, oh, I'm sorry. Is the government a superpower now, I mean? I guess. Yeah, it's pretty cool to be in the government. Hey, if the Bernicked ladies were presidents of the United States... <laughs> oh, shit. No, no, no. Dum-dum. Um, but do you know... Rogue used to be a bad guy. Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Luge. <laughs> you know the X-Men character. <laughs> yeah. Gambit, right? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Do you know why she became good? Because she sucked out a uh, good boy's head. A robot. A good boy robot. She kissed him and inherited his good. Oh, I didn't know she could take, like, robot powers. Well, I didn't know either. So, like, if she, like, drives a car without her gloves on. (laughs) I mean, he's a sentient robot. So, I guess she... But it's skin-to-skin contact. Right. I don't know. Robots have skin. Maybe he was, like, a Colossus robot. Colossus isn't a robot. I guess Colossus is a robot. I mean, if he comes all metal, right? Like, what? How do we define? I mean, he's a cyborg then. I yeah, guess. we have a friend who defines herself as a cyborg, and I mean, I guess anybody can define themselves as whatever they want. What exactly. does Colossus say he is? A man? Probably a man. Is he Russian? Yeah. So he probably a man. Like, <laughs> oh, great! Thank you for the extra little spit you put on that. Yeah, a little English. A little English. A little Canadian on that, on that one. Yeah, so I think that he. Yeah, he, I feel like he would define himself as like a human male. Yeah. I but again, I'm not really deep into like Colossus's gender profile. Like it's a spectrum, right? So of course, who knows? Yeah, I agree. 
Are there any non-binary X-Men? Mid-coitus. Uh-huh. Colossus, when he gets older. Yes. And can't can't keep his erection as long. Does he turn his dick to steel Damn, to dude. like to, to prolong the moment? Here's and another can question. He do, what feeling? Does it have any feeling? Sensitivity. Good question. If he became erect and then turned his dick to steel at that moment. And he doesn't turn like he can turn his whole body to parts of steel. I don't think he can turn parts of his body to steel. Yeah, he yeah, just he right. just he's either steel or he's small But would he ever nothing. become flaccid again until he turned back to human? Uh, can a, can a dick become? Well, here's the is thing. Is malleable? He can move his like he doesn't just turn to solid steel that doesn't move. Like he doesn't turn to a statue when he turns to metal. <laughs> yeah, so, like his right. muscles <laughs> still move. Like his face he can still talk and stuff. So I bet. I bet turning your dick to steel would not shit. would not prevent you but from going flaccid. What I'm saying is, dicks get big dick because, get big. because of the blood. Yep. So if the blood drained out, the dick would still be big. Right, but he can. But muscles move because blood moves through them. So he can. He can like. Okay. His pecs move. His like. This is what I'm saying. Shoulders Colossus move. is the only X Men who doesn't make any sense. Everybody else <laughs> makes sense. But Glasses' dick doesn't. So therefore No, you got me there. I think I did. You just str- you just steel manned my argument. Hey, dude, speaking of dicks, are you one of those people I think you are, who thinks that dirty stories are funny? Oh shit, this is another commercial? Do you like to have I your childhood we ruined? <laughs> dirty Story Night is for you. Currently in its second we season. We have done we have not stopped! Every Commercially, Friday, every Friday brings a new competitive erotic tale. With what is going on? With months being released from last place through first. I don't know what that means. Sometimes the competitors have only 30 minutes to write their entries. Dirty Story Night and all of our shows can be found at IABD Presents Donk Conk. His, so a 30 minute dirty story. To write. To write. That'd be tough. Oh yeah, that'd be like a drabble, right? Well, I mean, like a hundred words. You could write if you're a, if you're a, you're a writer writer. You could probably do a flash. You could do like a thousand words in a, a half hour. Thousand? If you're real pumping it. I mean, Jesus. Well, if you've got thirty your... stories, you better be pumping it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're looking at me with hatred in your eyes. <laughs> I just didn't know. Saker keeps saying Saker said we do one commercial and we've done like four. In we've a done room. two. This is the third commercial. The last commercial was for Marianne's Macabre and It's All Been Tracked. Oh, God. We did, too. As if our it commercials was, don't go long enough. It was a pivot, like the Mannequin Ladies. So, yeah, IBD, you're getting your money's worth. Give yes, me that you. hundo. Thank you. I'll never understand why you, you wash your pants. Welcome back to It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Right now, we're going to spin that big old wheel and get something to say for the old apartment. So, the old apartment, how about everything old is new again? So, what I want you to do, Ev Boy, is I want you to score a scene from a movie or a television show with the old apartment. So, what happens? What television show, what movie would be good for this? Rugrats, all grown up. Okay, why? What scene? Uh, when they go back to the, uh, when Tommy Pickles and Angela Bassett and, uh... <laughs> Chucky from Child's Play. <laughs> and... <laughs> Chucky from <laughs> Child's He just real, real happy. <laughs> <laughs> that did it for you, huh? They're so very similar characters. I know. Red-haired children. Yeah, I mean, they look kind of similar. Have I ever told you my gripe about Rugrats All Grown Up? Please go on. So here's my gripe about that show, is that if they're all grown up in that show, mm-hmm. and in fact, that is the conceit of the mm-hmm. show. Rugrats colon, all grown up. We know that none of them can die in Rugrats Prime. Or none of them can be <laughs> maimed. They can't, like, lose arms. That's or, your like, concern? Yeah, like, there's no that, narrative stakes to Rugrats anymore. That the show about, the kids show about babies. Yeah. They cannot die. Yeah, well, or they can't, like, so you want, like irrevocably infant, change. Like, Chucky mortality. loses an eye or something. You know what I mean? Like, we know well, he has two eyes and all that. Fucking wants him to lose an eye. What? Oh, no, I just want there to be narrative stakes. You know what I mean? Like, without stakes, what the f- what good is a story? Right, but I mean, okay, so did Rugrats continue going after All Grown Up? Yeah, they were running simultaneously. Mm. Right? I don't think I ever saw an episode of All Grown Up. I don't think I did either. I, saw a bunch I was of... boycotting it because I didn't want to spoil Rugrats for myself. Well, I mean, 
but you get to see what happens with the Rugrats, how they how they mature and grow. I know, but I want to see that through the course of well, development in Rugrats. Sometimes you need to, as when you're creating a property or an IP or something, and you want your characters to grow, sometimes you have to give them an endpoint, mm-hmm. and you have to say to your characters or your actors or whatever, here's where I want you to be. Get there however you want. No, I love that. Listen, I watch... Do you watch Better Call Saul? No. I love that, right? Because we know that Jimmy McGill is going to turn into this despicable piece of shit lawyer eventually. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of Better Call Saul, he's this plucky, go-getter, like, good kid. So, like, watching his downfall, giving him something to work towards is good. But All Grown Up didn't give them anything to work towards. So your only gripe about it is that All Grown Up, in in All Grown Up, the Mm -hmm. kids weren't maimed. Yes, if one of them were dead, it all growed up, and we watched oh, them man. grapple okay, so with that. Who's gonna die? Lil, because that changes Phil's dynamics so much. Why not Phil? Well, because I want it to be a sausage party. <laughs> Angelica's not really part of the Rugrats, so it's Tommy. Angelica Chucky, is Phil. a integral part of the Rugrats as right. antagonist, frenemy, occasional ally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough. All right, then it's Phil who dies. It doesn't matter. One of the twins. It does matter. Phil should die. Okay, Phil's dead. Lil runs into the arms of Chucky. We see their budding relationship. And then it goes, this is where we used to live, because that's the <laughs> fucking segment we're doing. <laughs> Congratulations. I gave you an endpoint. We got there, Saker. You tricked me, you piece <laughs> of shit. You tricked me for the Broke best. Broke into the old playpen. <laughs> This is where we used to. We broke play. out of here all the time. <laughs> yeah, boy, those parents sucked. They though they were they did not suck. They watching, were um they watching were... Rugrats now that you have a child. Do you feel like you hate those parents? They put the kids in a playpen and just fucking let them be for hours. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of bad parenting. But I feel like getting in adventures is what kids do. I don't know if babies should be doing that <laughs> no. necessarily. No, but like you know, like Chucky was like three, but Tommy was wearing diapers. Yeah, yeah, he was like one, and then. Dill Pickle comes oh, along Jesus. with the movie. I forgot about the Dill. Scra- the Scrappy Doo of the franchise. Wait, is Dill in All Grown Up? I don't know. Uh, but as we were, as I was saying, like I think that yeah, you shouldn't let a baby wander around on their own. But you right. know, like a young kid, I'm I'm very I want to be a free range parent more or less. Like yeah, it scares me. Of course, it's scary. But I also, remember when I was a kid, like I had a bike and I could go almost anywhere I could get to. Yeah, when you were. Older than three. Right, right. I'm not saying I'm going to let a fucking toddler do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. I, again, against letting babies and rugrats just wander, wander around unsupervised. Like, I'm not going to send a three-year-old walking down the street to the park. Phil jumped out in front of a moving car. Or maybe he was well, pushed. Maybe during one of their adventures. You know what I mean? Like, and then they, like, oh, Tommy, like, never goes out on an adventure again. Well, or, I think like, it, yeah, I, I understand what you're doing, but I feel like that ruins the conceit of the franchise. The franchise is... Hey, look at these little rugrats going on adventures. And if like Tommy is permanently scarred, all grown up is just going to be him coping with. Like, yeah, like do you remember? When I mean, Doug that's that's mo- what adult shows do. Do you not remember when Doug moved do. from Nick to Disney? I yes, vaguely. He got a little older. The conceit of the show changed a little bit to mm-hmm. a teen show more than a kid show. Right. So if so, rugrats all grown up were on, say HBO. Yes, I would be fine with. Them. So why didn't they go in that creative direction? Because it's on Nickelodeon, Saker. Okay. In any case. I'm saying Tommy could have been hit by a car. Tommy now. Any of them could have been hit by a car because they were going on adventures. He kept a screwdriver in his diaper. Yeah, that's not safe. If he fell, that could have stabbed him and really, really hurt him. His soft little baby butt. Yeah, his soft little baby butt. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, again, but also keep in mind, one of the parents was like an inventor, like a failed inventor. Is that what Stu was? Yeah, wasn't he like an inventor? I don't know. I don't remember. The only thing I remember is him Uh, buying a gross of eggs. All I remember is the Rugrats movie because I just watched it recently. Why? Because I have a kid. Did your kid want to watch the Rugrats movie? I think we somebody just put it on at a party we were at. Okay. And he was watching it. I see. And but the one of the conceits of the movie is that is that Paris? St- they go to Paris? No, that's like the second one. This is just ru- the the big there Rugrats movie. There was more than one Rugrats movie. Rugrats was a huge property. Buddy. Yeah, but I don't and know. And you know what? If we were doing a different podcast where we talked about stuff that we watched in our childhood and then came back as adults, we could spend thirty <laughs> minutes talking about Rugrats. But you know what? We're not. We're doing a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. So what do you? What scene are you going to score? But here's what's beautiful is that. Nobody gives a shit. We can talk about whatever we want because nobody's listening. You want to make this an episode of Childhood's End? It's an episode of Childhood's End, Evan. No, it's too late. We already did a really awesome interview. Yeah, with Bess. He was the Bess. 
And now we're doing this Rugrats shit. Everybody tuned out. It's fine. Nobody's <laughs> listening at this point. I'm still listening. Okay, so there were three Rugrats movies. Yeah. One was a crossover with the Wild Thornberries? Oh, I thought you were going to say The Wire. On July 16th, 2018, Variety announced that a new Rugrats movie was set for release on November 13th, 2020. Yeah. It is going to be a live-action CGI hybrid film. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's terrifying. So wait, are the... How, who's going to be alive? <laughs> I don't know. Because they're going to look, those babies are going to look real messed up if you CGI them. Did you know, this is horrifying, that there is a This Ain't Rugrats XXX porn parody out there? Jesus. It's fucked up. And that's why Childhood End would be so much fun, Saker. <laughs> yeah, but we would have both done the research. You would have known that. I would have known that. It would have been a surprise to no one. But me launching on you right now. But what we could do is the person who does the episode does the research and the other person comes in like blind. Having watched the show as a kid or even, or just having watched it as an adult if they didn't even watch it as a kid. But anyway, that's I what the podcast we're doing. This is Joe's my... Apartment. The old movie about the cockroaches who talk to Joe. I don't think I've seen. Is that just like Willard? Yeah, it's Willard except less interesting. It's a comedy and not a horror movie. Oh, okay. uh, and I don't think it anybody cares about it or knows about it or gives a shit about I mean, I, it. I remember like the promotional poster. Yes, where it's got like a real worm's eye view of Joe and we see a bunch of cockroaches, I think. Yes. This is where he used to live. <laughs> All right, now's the time in the episode when we take a piece of bare naked mail from one of our listeners. If you have a piece of bare naked question mail that you want to send in, please send it in. It's all been done podcast at gmail.com. So, our question for this week comes from a man by the name of C's Richard. Oh, Richard, no! C's Richard says this. His uh, subject is, hi, I have a follow-up to an earlier episode. The email reads, hello, I was revisiting my favorite early episodes again. Haha, you were very funny on Crazy, Mr. Saker. And I had a thought bubble. (laughs) That's nice of him, Richard, to say. (laughs) At one point, someone mentions if I had a million flavors as a Barenaked Ladies ice cream from Ben & Jerry's, and I got to wondering. In the pantheon of ice cream flavors named after bands, such as Queen's Bohemian Raspberry and the Village People's Can't Stop the Nuts, for example, what are some of your favorites? For example. Which best capture the bands? Which are the most sensual and tempting flavors? (laughs) I don't know any I'm going to turn this on its head. C's, thank you for the email. I think it's a great start. If you had to make an ice cream flavor for a band, okay. what band and what ice cream flavor? C's, don't fucking email us. I know I'm fucking up your question. <laughs> That's not the point. Give me a band. Give me an email. Tell, tell Rich what you would think. Tell me, Richie. You go first. Okay. Uh, you really put me on the spot here. So I know, here's that's what, what you usually do. do with me. That's so. okay. I'm going to open up my, um, my, uh, 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 Winamp, because I still use Winamp because I'm 90 years old. I'm going to put it on shuffle, and the first band it comes to, I'm going to make an ice cream for that band. So the first band it comes to is... So the first one it came to is MC Chris. So MC Chris, if you're not aware, he's a nerdcore hip-hop artist whose most famous song was Fett's Vet. Give me candy. Oh, or I Want Candy from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, Fett's Vet was in C-Lab 2021. I Want Candy was in Aqua Teen Hungry Force. Mm-hmm. I want candy, bubble gum and taffy. Skip to the sweet shop with my sweetheart Sandy. Got my penny safe, so I'm a sugar daddy. I'm a Hugh Cronin, she's my Jessica Candy. I want candy. So for him, I would think it's MC Chris... Coconut Bliss. <laughs> and so, basically... Why? Well, yeah, we've got to work in some of his, uh, like, his... So his, there's just, uh, so there's just, you take, it's like Candy Crush, so you just take a bunch of, like, hard candies, just smash them up, ex- mix yes, them in the mix. MC Chris Candy Bliss. You mix yeah. up the mess, you mess up the mix, come on down, y'all, here's the address. That's what you do. So we get a bunch of different flavors of hard candy. You get one of those, uh, Grave of the Fireflies fruit jelly, or fruit, uh, hard candy thingies that the Japanese people have. You know, fruit tins, and you pour out a... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Hard candies. And you mash them all up, you throw them in some... Well, it can't be vanilla ice cream. What's an MC Chris sort vanilla of ice cream? Vanilla is the finest of the flavors. Yeah, I know, but Vanilla's he's got... the perfect palate for but anything. But he's got, like, food-themed... He's got, like, a song called Pizza Butt. That might be fun. Okay, that's a pizza-flavored ice cream. Okay, MC Chris's Pizza... MC Chris's Pizza Bliss. <laughs> so it's... It is dough-flavored ice cream with swirls of marinara sauce and chunks of pepperoni. How's that sound to you? That sounds... <laughs> Or no, 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 not dough flavored. Mozzarella flavored ice cream. Dough flavored ice cream. Mozzarella flavored ice cream. Okay. Swirls of marinara, chunks of pepperoni. I feel like you could do like a sweet mozzarella. 
like a like it'd be yeah. like if you if it was like a, a fresh mozzarella. Oh, so you're saying okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. actually I'm, I'm actually trying actually, to make an ice cream I'd want to eat. You could probably do sweet marinara as the ice cream. Well, I know that a lot of like Sicilian marinaras get real sweet. Perfect. So let's do a sweet marinara with a cheese swirl and pepperoni chunks. That's MC Chris's Pizza Bliss. I don't think we should do the pepperoni, man. Do like no. A, um, it's got to be chunks of something. You could do chunks. You could do chunks of it's like. It's not going to be a vegetable. Uh, again, you could do meat. Pepperoni is the meat. You could do meat, but you can do like a sweet, like a sweet meat. Like a sweet Italian sausage. Yeah. All right. All right. It'll just go better with this. But I feel like it's too crumbly. You but, get little tiny chunks. I want a big, when I'm You eating, want like a full pepperoni in there. I want a savory ice cream. I've never had a savory ice cream. I know they exist. Chefs make them all the time and Iron Chef. <laughs> <laughs> and they do really well with the judges. They sometimes do. That squid ink ice cream. Yum, yum, yum. I don't All right. What's yours? Uh, do you want me to hit a random band for you? Sure. Okay. Okay. So, uh, it's going to be one of Saker's bandies though. <laughs> your random band is the cast of Hamilton. The cast <laughs> of Hamilton's. <laughs> Hamilton. What about Ham Milton? And it's ham flavored ice it's, cream. <laughs> you mean with the meat <laughs> stuff. It'd be like a. Oh, Hamilton. Ton of fun. Hamilton of cream. Hamilton of flavors because it's a it's unlike the musical Hamilton. Mm. It is when I when I'm casting for flavors, mm -hmm. I'm flavor blind. <laughs> so so it's, just it's just shit, pepperoni and fruit candy. Every and every Yeah, it's just like a, So it's like the Brady Ladies if I had a million flavors, except it's without <laughs> regard for <laughs> them tasting. It's good. like Brady Bots, every flavor beans. <laughs> okay. So I'm just I'm just accepting what flavors I I, it's what flavors I think because sure. I'm the casting director I guess because I'm I, making the thing I just whatever flavors I like the best put them all together can I give you a pool quote for the back of the tin yeah historical and hysterical <laughs> <laughs> do you like it love it okay oh if I did a Hamilton ice cream let me just pitch you my okay mind. it would be peanut butter with milk swirls through it because milk yeah like creamy milk swirls creamy because milk whenever swirls. I think of Hamilton mm-hmm the first thing that pops into my head, do you remember that old Got Milk commercial? We're like, we're going to call somebody randomly on the phone. It was like a radio. And they're mm -hmm. like, and uh, it's for a million dollars. We're going to ask them a trivia question. And the guy takes a big bite of a peanut butter sandwich. And then his phone rings. And he picks up. And he, they're like, who shot Alexander Hamilton for a million dollars? He goes, oh, and boo. Because his mouth is too full of peanut butter. And they go, what's that? Oh, and boo. And it's a Got Milk commercial, God, right? It's just as funny now as it was back then. <laughs> Really, I'm gonna put the commercial in the show notes for this episode. Oh, okay, I'm gonna put the, let's put the whole commercial in. <laughs> no, 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 so that everybody can watch it on their own. But I do recommend you watch it because it's a fucking great commercial, classic stuff. If it exists online, God, I hope it does. Uh, so you had Hamilton of flavors, <laughs> casting blind. <laughs> Thanks for the question, Rich. We always appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Uh, at this point, we'd read an iTunes review if we had iTunes reviews, which we don't. So instead, you can just get with us on Facebook. We are It's All Been Done and Been a Good Ladies podcast on iTunes. You can rate and review us. We would appreciate it uh, on Saker, Twitter. Saker will read anything you write. I will. At Been Done Pod. I read the one-star reviews that are not even funny, that are angry at us. I think they're great. I don't. Um. Yeah. Uh, I uh, have a wife... Uh, and a house. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you got to plug this week, Evan? I've got a feeling that life's about to get better for me. Let's do this. What? Because uh, when you said, I've got a feeling, mm -hmm. I was going to say that tonight's going to be a good night. <laughs> so I'm going to say, all right, here we go. You're, we're both going to sing the next part. Okay. My... Baloney has a person. <laughs> Yay, we did it. I wonder if it was the key that I did it in that helped. All right, whatever. I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one, one week. week.